0: Neat! Hello and welcome to Isn't It Neat? A podcast where we talk about things we think are neat. My name is Erin and I'm joined by my sisters Helen. Hello. And Caitlin. Hi. Each week one of our hosts will pick a topic they want to share their love for and that's what we will discuss. Last week we discussed cats, the little furry domestic animal. And this week, we're going to be talking about cats again, but not the animal, the musical <coughs> by Andrew Lloyd Webber. Yay! So this is one of my favourite things. I was obsessed with cats during my teen years, and yep. it like it really launched my love of musical theatre and dancing, and I still love it. It's amazing. Yeah. Helen, how about you? Have you ever heard of the
1: musical Cats? No, well, you, you watched it every day after school. Yeah, <laughs> it's always on. I was come in and oh, Aaron's watching Cats again, and sit down and watch Cats with Aaron.
0: Yeah, so you've seen it, probably not as much as I have. Or the the movie version, the ninety ninety eight film. <laughs> yeah, I've never
1: seen the actual like Broadway production. Yeah, me neither. So Caitlin, have you have you ever
0: heard of Cats? <laughs> yes <laughs> <laughs> Cats is one of the musicals that I've just had played too much around me it's not on the list of the ones that I hate because I've been overexposed to it but it is like I don't go out of my way to listen to it but I'll be like yeah. driving somewhere and just randomly I'll be like da 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 I'm a fact <laughs> <laughs> um, Helen has um, so Helen was talking about because you did a little watch of some of the numbers on YouTube yeah, just to brush up for this episode. Um, and you have a little synopsis. So can you tell
1: us what is Cats about, Helen? I can't remember what I said. Cats like very confusing. Half the time you don't know what's going on, but the cats, they're jellicle cats, and they're having a jellicle ball, and they're singing and dancing and introducing all their characters and then the old cat, whose name I remember as Gingeronomy for some reason, but it's not his name. Old Deuteronomy. Gingeronomy. Gingero- I kind of like Gingeronomy. Yeah. And he's not a he's ginger not cat. so. not be so old. He could have been ginger I always at thought one that was. <laughs> <Might
0: have been. laughs> like, anyway. I wonder why he's called Gingeronomy. That's <laughs> so strange. He's
1: <laughs> not that. Anyway. Um, uh, what does Old old Deuteronomy do? And He's the leader and he's going to. Take a cat to send to heaven or something, mm-hmm. for some reason, but he gets kidnapped by the cavity. That's just the yeah. greatest song ever. That was a good <laughs> yeah, one. The cavity, the cavity. The cavity's not there. The <laughs> cavity comes and he kidnaps Deuteronomy, and oh no. And a big fight scene with the grey cat, who probably has a name, but he doesn't have a song, so... Monka Strap, his name Monka is. Strap. yeah. He doesn't have a song, but he's the main cat and all the things, so I don't know his name. Anyway, epic fight scene, really cool. And then Mr. Mostoffelees brings Deuteronomy back, Yay! and then, mm-hmm. then um, what's her name, the glamour cat, Grisabella, Grisabella. <laughs> that's right, gets... As her song and her very sad moment and then it's happy again and she gets picked to go to heaven and it's all yeah. lovely and at the end.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's pretty much it. That's, that's what
1: happens in Cats. Um, very confusing, don't really know what's going on <laughs> half the time. Yeah. So Are they well. telling you that the story
0: it's- is at the start? <laughs> like right <laughs> after <laughs> the bit about what's a jellical cat? there's the first yeah like this is the jellicle ball and this is what's going to happen at the jellicle ball and then that's what happens yeah I think the thing is that it's really simple like the Mm. plot is exceptionally simple and people go it's it's confusing and you're like but it's it's too simple people are like but what does it mean it's like it doesn't mean anything it's just really simple it's just super simple they're just there to have a good time and we're just there to have a good time watching it so our um well, my journey and our journey with Cats the Musical actually began when I don't know how old I was. I was too young to remember, but I got given an old cassette tape of Cats, um, which probably would have been the original London production recording. It's this old cassette tape, along with a cassette tape of Salty the Singing Songbook. Do you guys remember mm-hmm. that? Can you sing part oh my of gosh. it? No, but if I I did find a YouTube video and I recognised some of the songs. like If I play it, I'm like, I remember this. Um, And so apparently with this old cassette tapes, Dad told us later. So Dad said later that I would ask to play the lady and that was Memory.
1: Mm. I play the lady, Dad,
0: because I liked Memory.
1: Memory is a very pretty song.
0: Yeah, it's a great song. It's just over.
1: Mm. People just go, ugh. But it, it's, I still love it.
0: Um, So after that, so we would have been listening to that as children. And I think we got them, so it's before I can remember. So I think it was only me and Caitlin around when we were listening to those tapes.
1: Probably, because I only ever remember the video that you had mm. that you watched. So our next,
0: so I th- and I think because of that, because we had the – cassette tape um and i liked it so much when the cat circus tour toured australia um mum took us to see it so mum took me and caitlin to go mm. see cats um helen would have been a bit too young mm.
1: helen yeah, would have been so like it was five or six.
0: <laughs> so this production i've got the program here um, it's actually quite amazing. Like, I kind of wish they would do it again or as a bit older. Um, so, it was this giant, they built this massive black circus tent that seat, seated about 2,000 people hmm. and it toured Australia. So, it opened on, I think it was the 11th of December 1999, um, in, uh, j- outside or near Uluru, which is the big rock in the middle of. The desert yeah, in the middle block. of Australia. So, uh, and I'll put this on our Instagram in the program in the middle pages a double spread of the cat's tent with Uluru in the background. Um, mm. It's really impressive. Yeah, it's quite impressive. And so they, they trucked that around Australia and it made it to Perth um, at the end of 2000. And so we went and saw it. And I remember going to see it. I remember really odd things. Like, I remember recently we had gone shopping for clothes, and I had this little, it was this little black and white outfit that I quite liked. Um, oh, the little, and it was, I think it was the first time I was growing out of just wearing bike shorts and t shirts, and I wanted some nice clothes. And I remember wearing this thing, but I'd had um, a Fanta. So I'd been horse riding and I'd gotten a Fanta with my lunch, an orange Fanta, and I'd put some of it in the freezer when I got home. And then that morning before we went to see it, went to see cats, I was eating the ice uh, yeah. with a straw no, and yeah. I dropped a bit of it on my shirt, which was white with like black sleeves and it had like a little design on it. And um, I was like, whatever. And then mum was like, you can't go like that. You have to wear something else. And I was like, No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Did I see the problem? <laughs> this big orange spludge on my white shirt. Yeah. And I can't remember what I changed into, but I was pretty devastated. <laughs> yeah. So I was thirteen. So Caitlin would have been It would 10. have been ten. And like this was at uh, Langley Park as well, like in the middle of mm. Perth proper. <laughs> yeah, on the foreshore of the Swan River. Yeah. So the cat's tent was black and it had the eyes on it. which is really yeah the the logo the two eyes um which was awesome Mm. and so I've I've looked I've done a little bit of research on the cat's wiki on the wikipedia and um there was it was as it was the same production it was a full fully staged production but there was a lot more circus elements there was a lot more trapeze and stuff and Mm. I don't remember exactly and I think I'm merging because I think we saw Cirque du Soleil only a little after we saw Cats because I'm merging those two experiences in my mind of sitting down and looking up the um those big towers and the people up there and I think that's a a memory from Cirque du Soleil because I remember Michael was there and he was looking. Yeah, that could be a mix because the cats. Yeah because there was stuff yeah. up there. So it wasn't performative up there it was set things were going (laughs) on on. so like my major memory of seeing cats is we're all dressed up we go in through the the ticketing gates and then we're Mm. just in a field (laughs) where there's like yeah things set up around the place and like I figured this was like a real circus and all of the actors stayed in caravans and I was disappointed. It's like there were some (laughs) trucks but, like, not proper gypsy caravans and I was sad. And then we went inside the first tent, which was the – Yeah, the little lobby tent. Yeah, and I was like, oh, okay, fine. And then we went inside the second bit, which is like a doorway inside the lobby tent – went into like the, a theatre thing with the seats sitting all strange. Mm. And we weren't actually that far back from the stage proper. We might have We were pretty close. I think we had quite good tickets. Very good tickets. And we were quite central in front. Yeah. Like I think we were on an aisle like towards um stage right. Yeah, so the if you think about the seating being like a big it's a circle, not a horseshoe. Circle. Um we were in the Center right first tier, maybe right up the first step back because um, there were people in front of us. But where I was, I was maybe two people away from one of the support, um, Joyce, yeah. and I watched a man climb it and went, that is the job I would like to have. Turns <laughs> yeah. out he was the follow-spot <laughs> yeah, guy and I was like, this is amazing. Um, yeah. You got to be a follow-spot girl. I later. did because you're you – Productions needed that, and I got volunteered into yeah. it. <laughs> and you love yeah, it. Yeah, of course, I love it. Um, theatre. I, I remember it being small, and I remember Cirque du Soleil being much, much bigger. Yeah. Do they seat? Like a lot more people, but I don't know. I suppose the, the set for Cirque du Soleil is bigger itself, and then there was the people seated around it. Mm. But I just remember cats being quite intimate and small. Um, I don't. know You get know the if it sensation, was, it's just a weird memory yeah, thing. Get, we got we were very close to the stage, but also you get the sensation of being in amongst it because of the oversized scenery and props, like yeah, and all the cats coming into the aisles yeah. and and stuff. Like we mm. had all of that happening, and I remember watching it and just being like my first memories of just being amazed that when the cats weren't singing their song or doing their dance bits when they were like off on the side they were still behaving like cats mm. yep. and I don't know why that seems such a foreign thing it was just this amazement of like they pretended to be cats the whole time <laughs> they didn't just do their bit and then sit and watch yeah <laughs> I'm like of course but, but that yeah. was that realization of like their actors and their acting the whole time as part of that. Yeah, that's whole like immersive experience. My next um, thing I remember distinctly as they're singing, they're singing the um, Welcome to the Jellicle Ball, that first number, and they're dancing and it's just like, wow, my gosh, you're just like assaulted with all this stuff happening, especially as like a young child. And then they stop, everything stops and they sing, there's a man over there with a look of surprise. And, and they, they totally to say, well, side-eyed now, about- someone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like I- and it was, and he was not heard of a jellicle yeah. cat. Yeah. And they're like, what's it they were so offended. And I remember sitting there and it was off, they were pointing off to like my left. And I remember like simultaneously going, I'm so glad they're not pointing at me. Because I don't know, I've never heard of a jellicle cat. And then but at the <laughs> same time being like Oh, how could that guy have not heard of a cat? <laughs> Which is exactly <laughs> what they were going for. Well done, Erin. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, uh, oh, like, duh. And then I like, <laughs> but I'd never heard of Angelical cat before that moment. Like, I suppose I had listening to the the old cassette tape, but it's not something I remembered.
1: Um
0: mm. and I also remember um they do the Australian productions are a little bit unique in that they have the Peaks and the Pollicles and Growl Tiger's Last Stand. Yeah. Often other productions have one or the other. Mm. Both are incredibly racist yep. and they need to do something about that if they're going to restage it again. But we had both and when in Growl Tiger's Last Stand, I thought, what's the girl, what's the white cat's Victoria. name? Victoria. Victoria. No, not Victoria, the one in Growl Tiger. Marina Paradozo. Um. The Laura I don't remember. Oh, this. yeah, the she's in- the fluffy Rau one. Tiger's love interest. Yeah. yeah, the fluffy one. But she was pink. I thought she was no. pink. No. <laughs> and I think it was lighting. the lighting. <laughs> yeah, so the, the lighting made her pink. The big thing about the lighting for cats is they use purples and pinks and fairy lights for everything, and I like the fairy lights. <laughs>
1: mm. <laughs> just... The Mr. Mistoffelees outfit where it's got lights on yeah. it. Yeah. And he comes down and goes, poof, that's. That's actually
0: the other thing I remember. And something that is a comparison with the the 1998 film is that in the live productions, the Rum Tum Tugger is a lot, like a hundred times more flamboyant and (laughs) interactive with the audience. And I remember just like, I remember just being blown away by him because his his numbers quite early on. And then when, because he sings either all or some of Mr. Mistoffelees' song at the end. And they Mm. had like a full-on bit going on. Like they had this whole bit where – and Jacob Brent kind of does it in the film where he goes to throw lightning, magic lightning, and it like doesn't work and he kind of looks at his fingers and then looks at Rum Tum Tugger and Rum Tum Tugger just kind of shrugs and then Mistopheles just does it again and it works. But in the production we saw, he – like Ramtataga offers him. hes rough because mane. he had to do static electricity. Yeah, to get <laughs> static electricity. Yeah, for the for Mister Mustafli's to like rub his hands yeah. on. He's like, oh, there was this big moment of like, oh, it's not working, and everything stops, and then Ramtataga's like, here you go. Yeah, I've got a solution for and you. And <laughs> like, uh, and it was hilarious. And then also his exit—he um, made the, the follow spot smaller and smaller and yeah. smaller until it disappeared yeah and that was that was this this drawn out long bit that was just so clever it was really mm-hmm. smart because he also had a very reflective costume from what i can remember and the sparkly lights on him so that when they turned off yeah. the follow spot and he disappeared because he's got that white face as well they mm-hmm. actually like i think they did they did a a very quick raise of light so you got a little bit blinded so you couldn't do the shadow thing where you're looking at the movement of darker patches against dark um, and he yeah. must have just jumped off the back of the um, car boot thing. <laughs> and mm. like, but I, I was like. was in the centre. Huh. Yeah, but there wasn't a was in the very door, middle. as far as I can remember. Like I feel like he oh, was up no. the top. He spent a lot of the time in the middle. But I remember as being like a small person being like, oh, he's just behind that. <laughs> he's just gone behind that. Yeah, that makes in sense. The, <laughs> in the film, he. And does a big split jump off the boot of the car, and then yeah. they do like they do really the amazing magic. special effects. And he, just vanishes. <laughs> he turns into like Leah, yeah. like vanishes in yeah. like sparkles of light. Like, I remember so yeah, as a kid
1: watching that and going, How did they make that on the actual stage? Because mm. that's movie magic, and understanding yeah. that in the broad, the production, they wouldn't have been able to do that. I and mean, yeah. thinking, How though? In theory. Where did could... the lightning come from? <laughs> in oh, how did they do yeah. it? Um, they
0: They did it with the fairy lights. So he did the mm. thing, and then you just saw a progression of the little lights flicker um, towards what he was pointing at. Um, oh, they probably do like the, the explosions, explosions of the smokes. Oh, oh yeah, no, that's, that's just oh, pyrotechnics. Yeah. It's just normal pyrotechnics. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah, easy, yeah, easy. But I was always thinking the lightning, they wouldn't have been able to make yeah, that Yeah, that's them, digitally
0: added in to the <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah otherwise, like, it's the same. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so the following year, for my 14th birthday, I got a VHS of the 1998 film, um, which is um, it's a pro shot. So they're doing that a lot like they've recently done with the Hamilton film where um, they stage the production for the purposes of filming mm-hmm. um, and they have lots of different camera angles and stuff. And so they got a whole bunch of um, previous cast members and current cast members from like all over the world. They only did one um casting of a famous person like stunt casting and that was for the role of gus they had sir john mills Mm -hmm. fill that role um who i like i've never heard of him (laughs) but apparently he's done a lot of he's one of the golden age kind of film stars yeah Yeah, or stage performers so that was their like big person that they got um and everyone else's current and um previous cast members which i really like and so that vhs I watched that every single day after school. Like I would get home from school and I would watch it. And mm. I think sometimes I'd watch it twice, but I don't know if I had time to watch it twice before dinner because after dinner, mum and dad were in the lounge room watching news and boring stuff. And we were yelling because it's time for The Simpsons and you're not letting us watch our cartoons. <laughs> <laughs> it was ridiculous. I, I was obsessed yeah. with it. I thought it was the, just the best thing
1: and mm. I wanted
0: to be a cat. Yeah. <laughs> Helen was probably the one who sat the longest with me. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I would walk in and out because there were some songs I was wasn't interested mm. and some that I was. And I remember I think after you stopped watching it, I started watching the whole thing all the way through without you. Hmm. I think
0: I I would have it was probably about a year that I watched it for, because the following year I got my first job and then I didn't have time really anymore. Um, but I was—I was obsessed. I was right into—I was cat's trash. I was right into the fandom online with the old dial-up internet.
1: Mm-hmm. I'd
0: made a fan website on GeoCities, which I called Geocities because mm-hmm. I'd never heard it heard it spoken aloud. And there's so much more available online now because just look, like just having a like a quick Google just to like research the show and the production, there is so much more footage available now. I suppose we have YouTube now. We didn't have YouTube then, but I I remember just I desperately wanted footage of the actual production and, uh, like, I wanted to see Growl Tiger's Last Stand. I wanted to see the extra verse in Mungo Jerry and Teaser. When they when they sing the extra verse, mm. oh, they um, got an extra verse. <laughs> yeah, there's another verse. There was also another whole version of the song in a whole different time signature that someone else sang. Muncastrat maybe a different mm. character sang for them. Um, I think that was the Broadway production that they did that for. But yeah, it was just like I was I was obsessed, and and it wasn't long after getting that VHS that I started like it was that year so I, my birthday's in May and I got it then and then I think the following July um late July early August so it would have been term three of school I started dancing yeah, yeah.
1: I remember around the time I got the cats it, you were also watching Technicolor Coat
0: yeah I also had a VHS of Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat which yes. I love to watch that was I like that, that one shorter. too Yes. Yeah, that was fun. Um, Cats was my regular every day after school. Mm. And then a, I think it was a year later, like my next, my 15th birthday, I got the VHS of Hey, Mr. Producer. Oh, yeah. I can't find a digital version of that because I love that. And that was another one because there's a little segment of Cats. They do a little bit of the Jellicle Ball and then Elaine Page things memory because what else can you do? Um,
1: and then I remember all the Limelight productions and Mum getting all the – yeah, of the productions like chorus line i can remember that song from chorus line even though chorus I don't line know chorus because, line was
0: because because when i started dancing that first um concert we did we did i hope i get it for the opening number and we found that the, that video as well mm. which is a terrible it's film so bad <laughs> it's actually really awful <laughs> like, oh. um yeah and yeah i ended up with this kind of that was that was because so Cats kind of jump-started my whole obsession with mm-hmm. musicals and, and I started dancing and I was like, that's, that's what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for my birthday in 2010, so like a decade later, there was another tour came round of Cats um, just in an ordinary theatre, was at the Crown, and I went with my birthday with Mum mm-hmm. and that was, that was amazing too. I think that that tent, um, like from what I've seen of the the original London production, how intimate it was on that, and the way the set moved. I think that big top production, that circus production like is probably quite the closest we would have ever gotten with a touring production of having that kind of intimacy and that kind of like amazing set, like purpose built for the production, yeah. whereas the the one at the Crown, which is a cross Arch. Really? Yeah, and I think the I think the orchestra was in the orchestra pit because mm. it's not in the big productions. Like no, the, they were behind um, the, the set. They were behind. Um, yeah, but it was really good. It was just like nostalgia. So <laughs> I will, like if I'm around, if there's a production of Cats that tours or if I'm somewhere where there's a production of Cats, I'm going to go see
1: it because I love it. It's just so I would like to see the actual stage production instead of just the movie. Mm. I remember like always well, when I was watching cats I would like make up stories about the cat characters. <laughs> and yeah. like, had this whole little thing going on, like, oh my favorite's the white one. And she didn't have any singing lines, I don't think, except when she no. was in the chorus. But she did She's have that one dancer. like the dance, the ballet style dance. And we were doing yeah. ballet at the time, I think, with Gran. And that's probably what was interesting to me about it. And like, I always loved how the dance was like, it suited cats. I like the way they move. Ballet just kind of mm. matched. You know, yeah. like Mr. Tori walks and it's do 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 and it's like a ballerina. It's the way they on their yeah. toes. And- okay, so
0: that is our experience with Cats the Musical. We're going to take a short break now and we'll be, we'll be back with a deep dive into the history and tech sides of the musical. <laughs> And we're back. So Cats is based on T.S. Eliot's old, pus- old, pus- <laughs> old Possum's Book of Practical Cats, which he wrote in 1939, and it's composed by Andrew Lloyd Webber using the uh, poems as lyrics. And I remember going to the local library and getting out the book, the Old Possum's Book of Practical Cats, and being like, oh, my God, it's exactly the same. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's like literally like, the ones that are in there, it's lifted almost word for word. Oh, okay. Some oh, of the poems, so, oh, so. Yeah, and then there's also some other poems that were unpublished that um, T.S. Eliot's relative, <laughs> I can't know if it's Widow or, or not, um, wife. gave yeah. to the production team. So uh, the, the Grizabella poem wasn't published mm. and memory came from a different poem, Rhapsody on a Windy Night, um, that they took lyrics I think Trevor Nunn ended up sort of writing the lyrics around that poem Mm -hmm. and stuff. Yeah, and um, it originally opened on the West End in the New London Theatre in London on the 11th of May 1981. It ran for exactly 21 years, closing on the 11th of May 2002 after playing 8,949 performances. So Mm. the director was Trevor Nunn, the choreographer was Gillian Lynn the set costume makeup designer John Napier, lighting designer David Hersey, sound designer Abe Jacob and production musical director was Harry Rabinowitz. And it was the longest-running West End musical for 17 years and mm. it was overtaken by Les Mis, oh, yeah. um, which I think is still playing or was. I saw Les Mis. I saw the original production of Les Mis, Les Mis is- when I was there in 2011. I don't – I I think the – um. Titles is getting a bit mixed up. Um, the it was the longest running show in End London, like consecutive. It like was mm-hmm. in the theatre and stayed in that theatre for so freaking long. Um, let cats or Les cats, and and, and it yeah. did get taken overtaken by, by was it Les or was it? It's one of it was one Lamies. of his shows. Um, but um. What's the one with the mask? The Phantom of the Opera. That was the Broadway That's production. That's the longest um, consecutive. There's always been a show somewhere, um, which is just as impressive. <laughs> somewhere. The longest running show in history is The Fantastics. What's The Fantastics? <laughs> it's a, it was off-Broadway, which is why it's never counted. Mm. So it was off-Broadway in a tiny little theatre and it ran for 42 years or something. Wow. And it's because Phantom of the Opera is closing. Yeah. Did you see that announcement, Phantom of the Opera is co- closing? Um, so it won't overtake the Fantastics as the longest running show in history, mm. like in any theatre around the world. Yeah, everyone forgets about the Phantom. Fantas- That's my little like um, quiz night fact, <laughs> like all those little useless things. Um, so, uh, so Cats then, well, it transferred to Broadway. It premiered. In the Winter Garden Theatre, which is where Beetlejuice was, Caitlin, and got kicked out of. <laughs> <laughs> it premiered at the Winter Garden Theatre on October 7, 1982, and closed on the 10th of September, 2000. It was the most expensive Broadway show ever mounted at the time, with a production cost of $5.5 million. Mm. It overtook a chorus line to become the longest running show in Broadway history until it was beaten by The Phantom of the Opera. And there were a lot of changes and updates made, so they made the production a bit more brighter. I think the original London production was a bit dark, um, but they updated that. Mm. Did you say 17 years, Erin? For- it was the longest-running West End musical for 17 years, but it ran for 21 years. Yeah, okay. Years. That's why I was like, that sounds wrong, because in my head mm. is the 21 years. No, it had the, it had the title <laughs> yes. for 17 okay, cool. years. okay, Thank you. Sorry. That's- yeah. Um, so... Cats is important it's it's considered the first mega musical, and the word mega musical is an agil- analogous to like the term blockbuster it's basically like a Broadway blockbuster mm. um, in 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 that it's mass produced worldwide and they're licensed standardized productions so the production that you see like here in Australia and the production that you see in London or Vienna or Japan they're going to be basically the same
1: I'd like to see cats in that, Japanese or German or whatever in all the other languages
0: yeah <laughs> we'll do a world tour <laughs> um and that was like the kind of the first time that happened a lot of the time um a, a musical might have been popular on Broadway or or on the West End in London and then um in Europe they would like rewrite it and do a version of that um but Cats was the, uh, like the first one that they're like, we want to do your product, your production works and we want to do it. Um, and now you get like Wicked's a, a mega musical. Mm-hmm. Um, there's discussions about whether Hamilton is a mega musical um, just and it's licensed. So, and I've, I've heard of this in, um, so when they do like Wicked here in Australia, they can't change the lighting. It's all programmed. They can't change anything. They can't, like you have to hit your mark. And you have to do it this way because it's that's the licence. Mm. And it's a little bit like that with, like, the licensed amateur productions. There's certain things that have to happen. Like when we did Singing in the Rain, there has to be rain.
1: Oh,
0: yeah. Mm. Um, you can't do, like, it's part of the, the agreement when yeah, you um, the buy the licence that schools you'll have rain. Oh, it's expensive to hire the licence. Mm. Um, you- but they've also now got, high school versions of yeah. shows that are specifically mm-hmm. accessible for high school productions, like they'll change some of the the words and the lyrics or the songs to make them more appropriate sometimes mm-hmm. um, and they will um, make things a little bit easier for like kids slowing to on down the tempo of some of those patter songs a little bit, um, taking out entire. Although verses. they don't with the music man. They don't because it is possible to And achieve- then they did on Broadway. <laughs> yeah, that's a. That's a huge. It was like, what? Yeah, you singing that it's so slow. Um, yeah, so it, it was basically and it and it changed. It started the change on Broadway, because Broadway used to be a really seedy place um in the 60s and 70s and in the early 80s. And then with the success of Cats, that kind of big production that can make a lot of money, that's when Disney basically moved into Broadway and started producing massive blockbuster musicals, mega musicals and things, and they're kind of like with The Lion King mm. um, and they kind of cleaned up the town. Because mm, you could take your kids to see Cats. Like it, there was no, they were going to enjoy it. Yeah, it was a family yeah. show. Mm-hmm. You don't want to take into to the seedy part of town. No. So they kind of started. And then, and of course we got all, um, we, the US, Broadway, got all the imports from You know, Angela. It was other shows, Mm. (laughs) so like Phantom of the Opera and all those things. So that kind of started that process of Broadway's a family place. You bring your family to go see shows on Broadway, and it also made quite a lot of technological innovation. So it was the first production that all the actors had radio mics, Mm. so they were individually mic'd, and so they didn't have to then rely on the acoustics of the house. Um, And that, and because of that, because other productions started taking that on. They could do a lot more with the sound design than they could before, and the orchestra was put behind the stage where um, they couldn't see each. other the actors and the orchestra and the um, musical director, what's it called, conductor yep. couldn't see each other. So then they started using the little screens and things mm. um, to have that, and they're everywhere now. You can sometimes if you sit at the very edge of the house. In the front, you can see into the wings, and you can sometimes see the monitors of the conductor, which are really cool to watch. Um, so the London production. Um, so what happened with that is that the new London, the new London theatre, was a bit of a shell of a theatre, and it was being used for television stuff. Like they weren't using it as an actual theatre, and the production team of Cats convinced the um, shareholders of the New London Theatre to, to put um, cats in there and they built this custom set that would fit only in the New London, but the set itself, so they built basically this junkyard so that so that the cats have like gathered for the Jellicle Ball in this junkyard. There's all this rubbish everywhere, but they made it so... The whole set and the first four rows of seating revolved. So in the overture at the beginning, the set is set at about 120 degrees revolution. Apparently made people a bit nervous because they'd bought these expensive tickets on the West End to see this musical and then they sit down and they're like, I'm looking at the back of the set. <laughs> What's going on? Like, what are these sight lines? And then during the overture, it revolves into place. It's uh, like I would give anything to be sitting in the front row of a production like that. Um, I'm so devastated I never got to see it. Mm. (laughs) But it's beautiful and there's these ramps that go like through those first four rows so the cats are right in the audience with them and there's like all these little tunnels so they pop out. At the bottom of the stage, right in front of the first row, and they're just all over the place, and like it's just it's just, just like magical. a cat, mm. a real yeah, cat. <laughs> they're, they're, all these little hidey holes and things that they have, and they're popping out all over the place, and like how
1: Mister Tori would appear from one end of that couch, disappear somewhere else, and the, the other end of that couch, like, <laughs> yeah, magic lose... somewhere else, and you're like how did you fit in there? <laughs> it's <was> really nuts. <laughs> Wait, didn't yeah. you go the other direction? How did you get over there? Yeah, just Tardis um, is way around,
0: but that um. But that was very unique to the London production. It didn't happen at any other productions, not that I know of, not that I could find on the internet. Um, and it's really cool. There is a video, if you look at the show's Must go on YouTube page, um, and so there is highlights from the, the closing night of the West End production in 2002, and it um you can see the stage revolve. Oh, it's just so cool. Mm-hmm. And they also had, so the tyre... When they pick Grisabella to go to the heavyside layer, the tyre kind of revolves upwards Mm. and then a staircase comes down from the back of the theatre and she goes up this staircase. Mm. In the production we saw in the tent, I'm pretty sure that the tyre just revolved all the way up to the top and then came back down without Grisabella. And I think that's how they did it in the Broadway production as well because that they cut out the top of the theatre there and they've got this little room that they built that's still there in the Winter Garden that Grisabella goes into and they come back down and it's called something. I can't remember what it's called. It's got the a special heavy name. Side layer. No, no, the actual. <laughs> it's <just laughs> the heavyside layer in the show. Yeah. The actual room yeah. in the Winter Garden Theatre is called something. <laughs> I've been sort of falling down the rabbit hole a little bit of all the tech things and the stuff that happened and and all of that. It's, it's an interesting stage. Um, it's almost like ignoring traditional theatre stuff and um, putting in a lot of pantomime. Um, there's, like you said, like they pop in and out and they climb in and out of things, but like they turn mm. things into other things. For purposes of story, oh, yeah, um, and that's all about the so. The stage is built by of pieces of oversized junk. Like they've created these giant pieces of junk to basically put the cats in perspective. Yeah, and the cats use that junk to create shadows because there's that bit that big moment when the light changes and you and you can see all of the like the swirling, preen prick. Um, cat's eyes in the junk itself and they're playing Mm. the overture and then you get the big cat's eyes which is like projected on the back where the moon goes um Mm. but also they use light as an art form in this which i don't know if that happened before cats proper or Mm. it just is the biggest version that they've got yeah um and like the colouring is it's all very strange. Like the colours don't make sense. Um, like it's all blues and purples and all of that. So it's it's nighttime and it's dark, but all of the cats are like warm colours. They're like reds and whites and, and oranges. oranges. Yeah. And yeah.
1: Ginger cats and brown tabby cats and white and black cats. Yeah. Gray, so all the photos that you
0: see. The reason why you can see the colouring on the cats and the background is like blues and purples and all of that is because they've got the really strong spots on them. They've like got yeah. spots on almost every cat for a, like a good chunk of it or they have like a front light going on so you can distinguish mm. the colour. And the, yeah, the colouring is really important. Um, and if you look at the the makeup, like if you look at the photos of the yeah. cats from the stage productions, they actually look quite a lot different to the, the movie, the 1998 film. Mm. Um, the film is very—they're softened a lot because they're in close-up, whereas the stage productions they're very harsh and like real harsh lines to create that. And they're always sweaty. Yeah, but, but that's sweaty. the difference between movie and makeup and, and theater makeup. Is mm. theater makeup is always more intense. And each actor who takes on the cat, like the the cat is a tabby, or the cat is this, or the cat is that, and so they have like they all have names. They all have their names. Yeah. So. But each actor does their makeup around the format. So, like, you've got your Mr. Misophilies who has a little black nose and the little smiley lips. And his tuxedo outfit. outfit. But they all build the makeup to their face. So, like, each Mm. Mr. Misophilies looks a little bit different. He's still a tuxedo cat, but he's a little bit different depending on the actor. And you don't get that as much, like, with... Not with ensemble. Mm. You get it with, like, big... Like I know, every alfarba has their own act two dress. Yeah. that's kind of made for them, and it's a little bit different to the others. Mm. Um, but that's like the, the star of the show. But it's
1: interesting that it's- but all the cats were like each one had a name, mm. and mm. they all had a specific costume. And when they did their special numbers, they would add extra things to their costumes. Like Ramchand Targo in the beginning didn't have his puffy thing. His mane, his yeah, mane. Has his mane. After
0: that, yeah, but in in the um. VHS, the, the film. He's still a very sort of like, mm, yeah, look at me. I am a manly cat. Yeah. <laughs> Without yeah. his name. Um and his cool Diamondy belt. Um. Oh, yeah. And
1: his leather gloves. I love cats. It's one of
0: and I know there's a lot of there's a lot of hate on cats. There's a lot of like, oh, it's so ridiculous. They're all dressed up as cats and dancers. Like you're a nerd around. if you like cats or you're a loser. Yeah, and, and, like, oh. and there's a lot of like, even f- me for the longest time, I was like, oh, yeah, I like cats. I know it, I know it's crap, but I just love it. But, you know, it's not crap. Um, it does work. And there's a, the little bit of the elephant in the room that we've been skirting around. <laughs> when we talk about the film, we're talking about the 1998 film, the 2019 oh, yeah. film. There is no other film.
1: doesn't exist <laughs> in my opinion. <laughs> just, why did they bother to even release it if they weren't going to finish it? It's not a good film. Um, and for a really
0: good hour-long sum-up of exactly why it's not a good film and why Cats as a musical works, how it works, I do recommend checking out um, a video by, on a YouTube channel called Sideways. So Ethan from Sideways has a, a beautiful rant about how Cats works as a stage production. Um, in terms in terms of music, cause he's a, he's a musician. So in terms of how the music is structured, how the show is structured, um, it works. And then w- exactly all the things that they messed up in the film. So I'll put that link in the show notes in the description. So it check definitely check that out. And when I've watched that video, I was like, yes, that is exactly my thoughts on Cats as a musical, how it works, how, like why I love it so much and then also why that 2019 film was just so awful. It is unfortunate that that movie is a lot of people's perception of Cats the oh, musical. Yeah. But Cats as a musical, it's its longevity. It's so popular. I will definitely go see every production I'm near. Yeah." It's it's a fantastic show for school to do. Oh
1: yeah, it would be because you can feature school. so many
0: people, and that's often the big thing about. And it doesn't matter
1: what gender the cats are either. Like, yeah, they're all just tabby, stripy, and weird, and you can't really tell until you get like a close up of their face when they sing a song. Yeah, yeah. yeah like, but they don't. Like, they
0: don't gender most of the cats in the songs.
1: Like, and they've all got funky names, so you can't tell yeah. anyway. Yeah. Mm. <laughs>
0: Like you could, yeah, you could swap that. And there's so many you can. There's so many solos. It is an ensemble piece. Mm. I think it's fantastic. It's a fantastic production. Um, So that listeners was our thoughts about Cats the musical. What are your feelings about Cats? Do you love it also? Do you loathe it? Do you have complicated feelings about it? You can let us know on Twitter or Instagram at Isn't It Neat Pod. You can also email us on isn'titneatpod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. So thanks for listening. Now go and enjoy something you think is neat. Meow, meow, meow.